0: You're 3,000 feet above the trees in a hot air balloon. Your significant other gets down on one knee and pulls out a box containing a ring. You realize that this is the magic moment you've been looking forward to. Because there's never been a better time to test drive the 2019 CLA Coupe at your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. With its sleek silhouette, unrivaled performance and technology, the CLA is your dream ride. Visit MBUSA.com slash CLA to learn more. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing.
1: Indie Radio presents The Spotlight, internet radio show, season 14. The program that puts the spotlight on independent content creators. Each week, our hosts bring to you entertaining and thought-provoking episodes. This is your home for news about television, film, gaming, and much, much more. Join us live here every Wednesday as we bring to you interviews and biting commentary. And now, your hosts, Jen and Kente. Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of The Spotlight. I am one of your hosts, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California, and I am so happy to be here with you. We have a wonderful episode for you tonight. This is episode number 257. All right, so... Joining me is my lovely co-host, the one and only Jen. How are you doing, Jen?
2: Great. I'm so excited to have this special episode of The Spotlight. This is awesome. and Not only are we ramping up for Halloween, the holiday, but ramping up for tomorrow's big festivities. This is st- I think that this is one of the best ideas that we've ever had for The Spotlight, just to be honest.
1: All right. I'm glad that you enjoy it. Also joining us is this guy is semi hardcore. He's from semi core studios. It's the one and only Joshua Chitty.
3: had yeah, to put my whole government name out there, didn't you?
1: I had to man. I had to. How you doing?
3: I'm okay. It's been uh, been quite the wicked wicked week in Florida. Maybe you heard there was a little storm that rolled through the western part of the state uh hurricane michael mm-hmm. it was uh whew, quite the thing to 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 hear about i'm lucky i didn't have any of the effects of it but um as as we always say thoughts and prayers to everyone affected
1: yeah man i, I actually i did think about you during that whole time man and uh, i'm glad to see that you came out okay
2: so uh so who in their right mind actually put michael on the hurricane schedule for this late in the year I mean, yeah, right. clearly it's October. Clearly, there should be nothing named Michael that has any devastating effects. We have seen what the devastating effects of Michael are. I just think that that was poor oversight.
1: Yes, yes, and uh, but <laughs> I'm glad you didn't blow away, drown, or uh, you know, some you know somebody break into your house and loot and do all this bad stuff to you. <laughs> I thought about all those things. I was like, oh, I hope Josh is okay.
3: Yeah, you could have found out if you know sent me a message.
1: I did. You so. didn't get that,
3: Raven? Oh, uh, what that was that from you? Yeah, that was from me, man.
2: He probably thought it was a harbinger of death. You don't
1: answer the <laughs> <for> raven. <laughs> he, he shot it and barbecued it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm glad that you're know, I'm glad you you're died. here, <laughs> I'm glad you hear Josh. All right. Now, joining us as well is the main man all the way from Canada. This is Mr. Cinema du Fromage himself, the one, the only, King Penguin. How you doing?
4: Doing good. Thanks.
1: And Uh, he's reading a book.
4: Yeah, me, I read Garfield. Oh, sorry. Uh, (laughs) I was actually doing a little bit of research. I was uh, looking at my horror movie heroes book from
1: Oh, OK. All right. From All right.
4: Good folks at Rue magazine.
1: Love it. I love it. Now, uh, we're we're going to talk about, obviously, Halloween to the, uh, about to say 2000, uh, 1978. I'm out of here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but um, before we get to to that, I wanted to talk about Halloween, the holiday itself and uh, kind of talk about some of our memories and of, uh, of Halloween. And, uh, the first thing I, I wanted to, uh, to, I'm start off with you, Jen is, uh, when was the last time you went trick-or-treating as a child?
2: Oh boy. Well, you know what, actually I was sort of late in life. <clears throat> I think I went trick-or-treating the last time when I was like 18, but I had a younger sibling. So I always had an excuse. It was kind of, you know, I have to dress up. I have to go get candy. I don't want my little brother to feel left out.
1: So, yeah. Okay. Uh, What what about you, Josh? When was the last time you went trick-or-treating? Last year? (laughs) I'm talking about as a child, not with your kids. Does man-child count? (laughs) In
2: some states, that'll get you arrested now.
3: (laughs) I've never missed a trick-or-treating year in my life.
1: So you just never stopped? Never stopped.
3: The way it worked out was... uh, much much of the same as, you know, having a younger sibling uh, in Florida. By the time uh, most people are in high school, they have kids. Mm-hmm. So I was able to go with friends and their kids.
2: Oh, sneaky. Oh,
1: wow. Okay. All right. All right. That's now- a
2: good way to prolong the candy high, you know, year to year. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, really smart.
1: Now, now, what about you, uh, King Penguin?
4: Well, it's a sad story with me because basically they had just invented Halloween <laughs> about two years before I was allowed to... St- I had to officially stop. <laughs> so I didn't get much candy then. Uh, no, no, I I guess I trick-or-treated till I was about mm, yeah, 13 or so, mm-hmm. way back when. Um, but to give you an idea, I you know trick-or-treated at the time when basically the costumes was a, a really shitty plastic mask and you wore a crappy sort of plasticky thing that said what you were on
1: it. Right. So you were a Frankenstein
4: mask and then a thing that said Frankenstein on it so that everybody <laughs> knew who you were. And it was a great way that we could all tell who, you know, who each other was. Good luck and we'd read and say, oh that's Dracula. Okay, I get that. That's Harrison Ford. That's Han Solo. Okay. So I could tell the difference between the two just by, you know, what was written on there pullover, whatever it was called. It was made that weird kind of... It was almost like um, a canvas... Not canvas, but sort of like... You know that blue plastic tarp you can get? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's almost like that.
2: <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I every year from the time that I was probably maybe old enough to decide what kind of costume I wanted to wear on my own that I didn't need my mom to go get for me, like maybe around 12, 13, I always tried to dress in, like, the most... Um, what was the sexiest costume that I could possibly find out there? And like I sex- feel like yeah, I was, uh, yeah, but you know, I feel like I was making up for all of the other nerdy, dorky choices that I made when I was a kid at, for Halloween. One year I went as a calculator. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I was dressed up in a giant box and I was a calculator. So, yeah, I, I, I think uh, as we get older, we definitely make uh, strange different choices. I, do, do you make different choices now for your kids on Halloween, based on how you used to dress?
3: Josh. Yes. I'm thinking... You know what? No. Because they always pick whatever they want to be. Um, I know one of them this year wants to be uh, a YouTuber. Oh, me?
2: Ooh, good one.
3: So, you know, she's, she wants a red jacket and a pair of headphones, possibly a keyboard <laughs> and a sticker that says YouTuber.
4: <laughs> and <laughs> and that's, that's oh, she really says,
5: awesome.
4: so instead of trick or treat, she says, like, and subscribe. <laughs> <Yes>.
3: <laughs> she has this all planned out. Oh, wow. And the other two are, uh, right now kind of getting things figured out. Kind of final, final, uh, planning, if you mm-hmm. will, uh, Getting, getting their costumes ready. Although they're, they're not quite sure what they're gonna be, but they're taking a look at what they have available and uh, figuring out as they go along.
2: Mm. We always had the ultimate extremes. We've always had the Disney princess. Somebody's always a Disney princess. And then somebody was always the grossest, most disgusting thing that they could come up with. So we had lots of, the kids had lots of interesting ideas.
3: My youngest, uh, is making me very proud this year because I think she is going to try to be uh, the doctor.
1: Doctor Who.
2: Good yes. for her.
3: Every time Girl we power. watch the new episodes, awesome. um, before before I'm allowed to press play because I watch the tape behind on uh, Amazon, she says I have to go get my Sonic. So she goes. Oh, I'm get, so excited for, and for her. And how <laughs> is him. the new doctor, by the way? Brilliant. Good. Okay.
4: Good. So, uh, a fairly easy transition, then.
3: Yes. Yes. Very much so. It. Uh... I
4: haven't seen it yet. So.
3: Okay. I will way <laughs> Give some lines out, and all uh, I'll say is, it's it's very new, but you still recognize where she came from
1: cool okay um I don't know Halloween for me when uh Hallow- i I stopped um trick-or-treating prematurely because there was that whole thing oh, about got the-
4: things for that now <laughs> and there was uh,
1: there was this <laughs> there, there was this whole thing about razor blades and the candy and uh, oh god, that old <laughs> chestnut. Huh? So that my, old chestnut.
4: I did that, that, that back when I was a
5: kid.
1: Yeah, my 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 mother was like, no, no, you're not gonna get killed on some razor <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> no. no. and I was like, and, and I was like, I just wanted a trick or treat. Right, I was a little kid. Yeah, so yeah, I said, yeah, you know what, I won't even eat the candy. I just yeah. want a trick or treat, and then we could just throw it all in the trash. She was like, no.
4: Yeah, that's what. Because and then you would have been like found your feet in the air in the trash <laughs> having dug out all the candy that you could get
1: right uh, so the, you whole... know, the
2: single best reason to be a parent is halloween when you tell your kids that you'll give them the candy you know over a period of time and then basically just you know take a bunch and uh tell them oh yeah that's all there is it's great oh, yeah. it's really
5: great that's terrible shame <laughs>
1: Now, Besides, uh, I
4: make sure I get more candy than I know kids are coming, so that's where, and I make sure it's all the kind of candy I like.
2: I, I, you can't I trust other
4: people not to give you like garbage candy.
2: Th- this year it's really hard to do Halloween because there is no way to do a low-carb Halloween. <laughs> it just, it doesn't
5: exist.
4: Uh, yeah, that'd be like a low-carb Christmas or Thanksgiving, you just don't bother.
2: It strains the imagination. Uh, I want a gluten-free turkey and uh, (laughs) low-carb
4: mashed potatoes. I'm struggling. You just go, go, okay, I'm just going to have to lose it for that one day or two or a week or whatever.
2: Or whatever.
4: (laughs) It happens. (laughs) But, you know, uh, I mean... uh, you say that you lost your Halloween because your mother being afraid of like razor blades. I mean, I feel sorry for the kids who are you know being told you know oh you can't do Halloween because it's satanic. Like really? <laughs> I'm I shocked. Mean, that... It's only about going around getting some free candy from people. I mean, okay, normally it's the only time of year you're allowed to go to a stranger's house and, and take the candy they give you. But you know, it's not bad. I mean, it's like
3: it's how is that evil? In um in Florida, certain parts of it, uh, they say. You can't celebrate Halloween because it's socialist. Socialist
5: <laughs> oh, no. They're giving away free
4: stuff from the the haves to the have nots. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh that's that's, that's just awful. Hey, oh wow. I wanna
5: uh, really take awful.
1: I wanna take a moment to recognize Ben Benjamin Tuttle. He's in the chat room. Hey Ben Yes. Uh Ben Tuttle, great filmmaker. up and coming filmmaker. Name in a long time. Yeah. All right. so um all right, so we are done reminisc reminiscing on Halloween. Um okay. all right, so tonight we're gonna review the film Halloween nineteen seventy eight. And it I was reminisce
5: about Halloween.
4: Let's reminisce about
1: Halloween. I know, reminisce about Halloween, right? So what I wanna do is um I have a, a little uh a little thing I cut together Um, I'm going to play some of it uh, that kind of give you the flavor of Halloween in case you haven't seen it. Uh, Believe it or not, there's there's people who said, you know, I haven't seen that movie. I'm like, what? Like to me, that's like a staple. Right. Halloween. How do you not see Halloween and be like our age? Right. But all right. So here's a little something. And hopefully uh, for those who haven't seen it, that they will appreciate the film. All right. Here we go.
3: Drop the key off at the Myers place.
5: I won't.
3: They're coming by to look at the house at 1030. Be sure to leave it
0: under the mat.
5: Where? The Myers house. The Myers House. You're not supposed to go up there. Yes, I am. Uh-uh. Ex
3: Sam Haddonfield is 150 miles away from here. Now, now, for God's sakes, he can't drive a car. He was doing very well last night. Maybe someone around here gave him lessons. sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong, I met this
5: six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil.
1: That was Halloween 1978, uh, uh, almost all of it too, that, pretty much. Right. So, uh, all right, so we're going to, no uh, yeah, we're going to break it down. All right. So, um, let's first start off by, uh, let's talk about the first time you were made aware of this movie. Uh, did anyone see the movie in the theater?
4: No, I was only eight years old, so I could not go see it in
1: the theater. All right. So, I mean, it, it, it's been re-released many times and all of that it was just actually it's re-released now so all right but so. i did
4: see it the first time they put it on television with the extra added bits
1: mm-hmm. oh, okay uh, now was, i that
4: was 1980 i believe
1: i saw it maybe 10 years ago in in the theater Uh, they were, it was showing somewhere and I made a made sure I went and saw it. It was in between the Rob Zombie uh, movies, which we won't speak of, uh, (laughs) but, uh, um, I remember though the, actually, believe it or not, I saw the second one first. Then I saw the first one. I remember when I saw the second one, I saw it at my aunt and uncle's house. There was some kind of event over and they were playing the second Halloween. And um, I remember it very well, vividly. Uh, I remember the end, you know, when he gets shot in the eyes and the bl- blood is coming out of his eyes and stuff like that. And then um, it was soon after that. I liked it so much. I went and saw the somehow I saw the first one the videotape or whatever. And I remember just, you know, absolutely loving the film. Um, so let's start with you, Jen. Do you remember the first time you've seen it?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I. I when I was. I don't know how old I was, maybe 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to go to this local video store back when videotape was a thing. And <clears throat> each one of us could pick out a video. And my every time I would always pick out something horror. And I had not seen Halloween up to that point. I didn't even know what it was. But I saw uh, on the cover, it it wasn't... it wasn't what we see now. It was something a little bit different and it looked just super interesting to me and I had no idea what it was about. And when I got it home and started watching it, I I have to say that this was the first, I felt like it was the first grown grown-up horror movie that I watched. Like you have to actually kind of be invested a little bit in order to get to what's going on. Um, And I felt so amazingly awesome after I watched it. Like I was scared But I also felt like, wow, I just witnessed something amazing. It felt life-changing to me.
1: Mm. All right. What about you, uh, King? When was the first time you seen it? Uh, Like I
4: said, I saw it on television in 1980. Um, So it was just before they'd released Halloween 2. So um, what they did was, as they always did with television, to pad running time, plus any edits that they had to do, because how I don't show
5: boobies on TV. Um,
4: what they did was they added extra scenes um, and one of them is dr loomis in uh, uh basically a hearing which kind of contradicts what he says in the film where at six years old he's trying to get him locked up where i was like well i thought he said he'd spent seven years trying to get to him and the rest trying to lock him up mm-hmm. but whatever and then the whole thing with the sister right. um, which tied into the second movie. right um which at first I thought, okay, that's how it was. Then I saw the film as it was supposed to be seen, and, well, as best I could, mm-hmm. uh, home video on that at the time, um, and realized, okay, maybe it's not that way. Mm-hmm. And so, But um, yeah, it was creepy. Um, the weird ironic thing is that I'd seen the knockoff uh, movie before I saw Halloween, which was Friday the 13th, which right. was cashing in on the whole Halloween thing. Right. I saw that before I saw Halloween, so it was two different kind of films. Um, Halloween's still much better, Um, atmospheric and everything. And it wasn't about, you know, as far as we'll talk about later, but slasher films and everything, it really wasn't a slasher film. Mm -hmm. It was a suspenseful, interesting film that was kind of scary, kind of creepy. And I mean, but you got a body count of what, four? Right. Total.
1: If you count the dog, uh, five. Okay, five. (laughs) I was. I, I, I wasn't I counting the I mean guy lying it. in
4: the bushes. That's all. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I right. counted the
1: dog, just not
4: that guy. Who cares about the right, right, trucker right. guy?
2: I, no, I think man. that's what I mean about it. Felt like a like a grown up horror movie. Like it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't the same kind of horror that I was used to, which is far more visceral and far more kind of uh, in your face. This was definitely something that was more suspense, more thriller, more. Wow! It took so long to get to where it needed to be. That I think that's you hit it perfectly. It was more suspense people, thriller than horror.
4: Yeah, which some people nowadays look at that as being a, a a downfall of the film, which is a shame.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, it like is. they like like they say it's boring. Right.
1: Yeah. What about you, Josh? When was the first time you've seen it? Uh, the first time that I've
3: seen the original Halloween, I was probably thirteen or fourteen. Oh, last year. So we're talking mid nineties. <laughs> um, and by then it would, it it already reached like uh, legendary status as this is the premier horror movie kind of like, uh, you know how there is this just ranking of Friday, the 13th nightmare on Elm street, just mm-hmm. late seventies, early eighties, just this upper echelon of what horror is supposed to be. Uh, and at that point, I'd already seen Friday the 13th and, and Nightman Elm Street. So, this I kind of watched out of order, you know, as far as right. release goes. So, I was looking at it, already seeing what evolved from it. Right. So, it was interesting. And maybe I didn't quite process it this way at the time, but it was interesting seeing how. Um, the origins of certain tropes started, uh, and you know, we all saw it the the undertaker set up gimmick uh, there's the origin right there uh, to bring it back to wrestling like I always do <laughs> and uh, as far as scary goes was I wasn't really scared when I saw it, probably because by that point I had seen scarier movies, but I do like the whole more adult horror uh, way to to put it, because it wasn't about body counts. It wasn't about blood and gore. It was about making you feel scared for a person, have, have an emotional attachment. And that is something that nobody seems to get in their horror anymore, an attachment.
4: Yeah, that uh, especially people we don't care about
3: right, you're just like, how are they gonna get ripped apart? can't wait yes. <laughs> yeah. this one diet <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah
1: now, when you say adult, no. you say mature you mean mature, not porn, then, little of column mm. a, a little of column B. <laughs> hilarious um let's let, all right let's let's talk about the opening, uh which is a very mm-hmm. iconic now opening mm-hmm. of uh of um little Mikey. Uh, going crazy. Now the funny thing is when he looks in the window and sees the his sister's boyfriend, they go up for sex and I swear they're up there for and this is a shot in real time. So they're up there he he is quick, man. It's yeah, like a middle It's, realistic.
5: And... <laughs> He's it's
1: like...
4: realistic. I mean this was the sixties, don't forget. So he got what he wanted and time to go. <laughs> I mean he probably didn't have his pants off but, but he was done. But, yeah babe. <laughs> you gotta go see it tomorrow.
1: Uh, Happy yeah. Halloween. got. Imagine- I'm so glad I don't live in the 60s. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, he's up there and then next thing you know, he's like, all right, well, I'm gone. <laughs> like I'm like cracking up. Um, I think that's funny.
4: I'm wondering why Michael decides while he's stabbing the girl to go take a look at his arm in the air.
1: <laughs> right.
4: Oh, look what I'm doing. Oh, boy. <laughs> or the family doing the tableau afterwards like, Michael, stand, 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 <laughs> don't move. Keep standing. I mean, great shot. But realistically, right? We can do something at one point, maybe <laughs> grab him or say something. No, we're just going to stare at him and not move, and not move, <laughs> stare at him. Maybe take a step backwards because I'm kind of in shock,
5: but I'm not going to do you anything.
2: You know, it's it's funny because it, the, and and don't get me wrong, okay? Because I, I know that this could go in a number of different directions, <clears throat> but the, I don't see the original Halloween as as uh, as as any of the kind of movies that we have all talked about, especially us on some of our other shows before, it, it doesn't... The, the thing that I loved about Halloween, which I didn't recognize at the time because I didn't have the sophistication or the language to articulate it, is that every shot in Halloween has a particular purpose. And the beginning shot of Halloween sets up something that is that is deeper than I think it is possible to understand, obviously, when you first see it. And it takes several viewings of all of the shots together to come up with why that first scene is so important. I mean, obviously there's lots of stuff to make fun of in it, but it does, there are some really interesting points of view, camera points of view in Halloween. And this is one Mm of them. This definitely, the camera is at his level. It is it is one hundred percent a different kind of feel than the rest of the movie, which I think is important. And it's it it plays this sort of um, it plays an interesting game with us at the very beginning, where you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You're you're sort of set off of the 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 tilt that the rest of the movie kind of takes. I liked that, but it took me a long time to understand why I liked it. Does that
1: make sense? No, it, it makes makes perfect sense. Um, well,
4: the thing was, I, I, you have to understand, the first shot was A, done as a single shot with a steady cam. Right. Uh, and they basically, you know, and they made sure they rack focused as soon as his little, his little arm went in, and it still didn't disguise the fact that that's a little kid's hand reaching for right. that knife. But at, at weird angles from where his head would be, but that's okay. You can't it's the best you're going to do with a low budget film, right? Um, we're trying to get that illusion, but at the same time, um, it, it 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 does a great job. Um, it and oddly enough, it is derivative because maybe two years yeah, or a year just prior to that, there's this, a weird um, horror film that was done where you saw the point of view of the killer and the victim shown at the same time as a split screen mm-hmm. on the film. Oh, I that's right. Maybe, called. Uh, It was a very, not a good movie in any way, shape, or form, but that whole point of view thing was done prior to Halloween with that film. And I don't know if Carpenter saw that or not. Probably. But at the same time, and every other film, though, basically took its cue, every other horror film took its cue from Halloween. The whole idea of the point of view of the killer. Which is only done once, and that's at the beginning of the film. So they kind of missed what the whole thing was about.
2: That's what I feel like. That's exactly what I feel like. I feel like the that very beginning shot is just sort of like it, it is it's an iconic piece that stands by itself. It, oh, even in relationship to the rest of the film.
4: Yeah, I, that's with, when I mock it, I only mock it only because it's yeah. when you look at the art of it, like it doesn't make sense in the realistic sense right. where you know Michael would look at his arm going up and down, and the family would just stand in the tableau and everything. However. I mean, as it is, if you don't think about those things and you look at it, like the first time you see it or the first few times you see it, you don't think about those kind of things. You just watch it and you're like, okay, this is you know really interesting. And it's it, it grabs you right from the start.
2: And, I, you know, c- clearly, I I'm just defensive about my art. I so. see that, I see that. <laughs> it's just that. Remember,
1: I'm this sure, is I'm an sure entertainment... ED, I'm sure even Carpenter would go, yeah, okay. Yeah. Remember, this is an entertainment show. Uh, <laughs> so, no, but you know what's funny, though, is when they, you know, when the sister and then the father uh, calls out his name, it's almost like a Dennis the Menace type feel to it. Like, Michael! like Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. You, like you, Oh, almost...
4: Michael, what are you doing with that
1: knife standing there? It's almost like you need the... the I got uh... the steady cam behind
4: you with the weird... <laughs> uh, that's the other thing. I, the mask thing didn't work for me on that because I've been in masks. I know, yeah, you got a limited vision, but not everything else is black around you except for the two little eye holes. You know? Because if you look at it, you've got these two small little slits that you're seeing through they're supposedly like looking through a mask. And it's like, ah, that doesn't quite work because that's not what it looks like, looking through a mask. Yeah. Well, you know, it it's is like, what it is. It, it is if the mask's like this far away from your
1: face, mm-hmm.
4: you know, it's like about a mile from your face, you go, okay. So it's,
1: it's supposed to be the representation of, the of it, you know. Uh, but... Uh, but um, so I I love that opening. Right. And yeah. if you know anything about the behind the scene thing is that one of the ideas that this came from was that uh, that when he when he was a child in Kentucky or when he was in high school, I think it was or maybe college. I can't remember <laughs> that he went to an uh, they went on a, uh, a field trip to a sanitarium, which is hilarious that, you know, that was a trip, you know, a trip. Wow. And one of the they had like this child was it murder. really hilarious yeah it's like like i mean i don't know man i don't know no. if i i don't know if i would sign a the the field trip the the slip permission slip <laughs> that was going to take my kid there but oh my parents were there
4: but for the grace of god go i okay sign it there
1: you go. <laughs> so uh but what when he went there there was a child a young kid who uh, who had the, the the black eyes? Like he talks, you know. In the and um, he said, so that's where he got the idea of this child killer from. Um, from was oh, wow. this kid that he saw at the sanitarium? So on a on a field trip. So uh, they used to do some funny uh, field trips back in the day. But uh, yeah, so uh, I thought that was pretty interesting.
4: Going so, to the plutonium plant. We're going to see how <laughs> radioactive material is made. Come on, kids. You'll need a sweater.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: I, I wonder, you know, I have to wonder these things. I, I wonder how the idea of seeing somebody uh, in in a sanitarium and, and whatever, I, I wonder how that actually became the Michael Myers that we see on the screen. I mean, it's one thing I feel like to say, well, this was the inspiration, but it's another thing to sort of like look at somebody who had an experience and then go, whoa, that was a crazy messed up experience if that's what you walked away from it with. Well, Carpenter
4: said, uh, in his like somebody said, the kid had this evil look to him. Like he had this, it wasn't like a blank stare. Mm-hmm. The kid had an evil expression and was apparently a very violent uh, kid mm-hmm. in that place. So uh, basically, yeah, I can see where the imagination runs. Well Wow, Dang. what would it be like if this guy was doing stuff? Hey, maybe if I made a movie
5: about it, imagine he grew up. <laughs> He
1: probably tells his friends at the sanitarium, like you know, Michael Myers is me. <laughs> Based off of me. Oh wow! He's probably proud That's of it. That's a claim to fame. Hello, flesh puppet I made for my friend. That was me. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so let's talk about Doctor Loomis. Doctor Loomis, who um, I'm sure yeah. a lot a lot of uh, psychiatrists they um, want to kill their patients. Uh, and he's yeah. And refer to them as pure evil. <laughs> right? He so, was nothing more
4: than pure evil. <laughs> I looked at him and saw pure That's very objective and scientific,
1: really. <laughs> He said he spent the first 8 years trying to reach him and the last 7 years trying to keep him in. So uh and he apparently he was the only person that realized how evil he was. Yes. Um, Cuz somebody trained him how to drive apparently. Oh yeah, we're going to get to that in, in in just a minute, but uh um so uh I'm going to start off with you Josh. Uh what's your take on uh Dr. Loomis uh the character?
3: He is he is a very dedicated doctor, very very dedicated to the profession of uh, psychiatry, and uh, everyone should have someone as as dead... Okay, the guy's not good at his job.
4: <laughs> not <laughs> the slightest.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't want to be the guy that's, like, you know, all critical of someone and what they do, but he's terrible. Um, whether... You know, eight years trying to reach someone—it's like, okay, that's 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 what you're supposed to do. And then it's like seven years trying to keep him in. Was it <laughs> was it that hard the first eight years to keep him in? <laughs> it was, that
4: wasn't his birthday, and he said, "You know what? That's it. I've had enough of you." you, know
3: <laughs> you want what? I want to <laughs> see a video of that 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 session where he's like. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> where's my
1: bourbon? <laughs> like That's that's yeah, I don't want to see. It's some of his thing guilt by the way because he was his doctor. Like that was his job was to, you're supposed to reach a 6-year-old. Like a 6-year-old you should be able to do something, right, with a, a six-year-old. Uh, you had fifteen years to do something, or at least you could have put a pillow over his head or something while he was at Thor Show on the door. where you stabbed your sister. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I mean, in, in like, should we be blaming Loomis on the death ca- count? Should we blame him? Yeah, I mean, oh. think about it. He was his doctor, and then remember his his uh, boss. You know, when he. You know, the boss was like, "You should have made sure that everything was uh, lined up and all of this stuff." And he's like, "I tried to tell you, but no one listened to me. Like, why is no one listening to you?" No, he you know, did take the, like your, your patients are evil. I was
3: going to say he did That's take not, the necessary precautions uh, by warning others and by giving him the totally legitimate diagnosis of evil.
1: Right. I,
5: you know, <laughs> you know <laughs>
3: the diagnosis of evil.
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's <right>. so bad.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. It's the terminal case of evil. <laughs> we can't do anything about
1: it. Go ahead, Jane.
2: I was just going to say that Doctor Loomis is I I one of the I think one of the worst tropes to pull from the Halloween franchise ever is. The psychiatrist that tries to be the threshold guardian the, the warning light the you know well we knew back when <laughs> it, it never works it's never it's not even funny it's just it's sad it it's so so sad can you imagine being that doctor and and not just spending your life chasing down these imaginary things but being the doctor who basically your entire life is dedicated like you said to something that is quote unquote evil i mean it just wow it 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 staggers my imagination to think that, that that trope pulled out of the halloween piece became something that everybody was like oh yeah this is so successful let's try to do it again was awful. It was just right. awful.
1: And you know it makes me think about Michael's time at the at the sanitarium like I mean I he wasn't always like super locked up. So mm. was he playing shuffleboard with the other inmates? Was he, you know, like uh was there moments of just being a normal person to a certain degree or was he always just sitting, you know, looking at the uh the clock well, that's as he the said. the thing.
4: Loomis, here's the bizarre thing. So Imagine, okay, so if you saw the extended version,
1: Mm
4: -hmm. it makes Loomis look even worse because, (laughs) A, uh, but it does protect him in one way. He tells them, we got to lock this guy, we got to put him in a more secure place, and everyone's going, oh, we don't have to do that. No, I've worked with him for four hours a day every day now for the last six months, Mm -hmm. which I guess turned into four hours a day every day for how many years now? 15, 16 years. So he's working with michael and he describes michael as being catatonic staring blankly so how were those sessions going four hours a day what's your name are you evil are you good how do you feel today and michael what do you think we should do today Hmm? Hmm? i'll give you a candy if you say something (laughs) <laughs> you know he t- <laughs> apparently he said nothing so i don't know how he was trying to reach him maybe every day he was trying <laughs> to trick him into talking or come up behind and go boo, see if he'd get a reaction or something but apparently all michael was doing was staring through the walls oh. looking towards that day in 1978 when he was going to go home right and that's all he was looking towards and that's all he did so uh very strange story if michael just sat there wonder how he got a like, super strength don't know how we learned how to drive apparently somebody taught him
1: okay Bad. that that's two two issues too um yes. now i'm not going to mention the other sequels but they're they're in the other sequels they kind of tried to answer how he was able to do all that but, but we're going to mm-hmm. act like those don't exist no let's you know, cuz that because when they made this movie that wasn't in their mindset that's some bullshit they came up with later mm-hmm. but um so let's go to Okay, first of all, he'd been locked up since he was 6. And the way it looks like is there wasn't a student driver program in uh in the uh in the uh, sanitarium. Plus you know, like why would like when he Who says
4: qualifies? Well, let's take Michael Myers.
1: He doesn't say <laughs> or do anything. He'd be a good candidate to drive. And like and like the the line, I know why they put the line in there, but because everyone's going, how the hell did he learn how to drive?
3: Well, somebody must have taught him.
1: And then someone okay. gave him lessons. Like, it was
3: that, a... that somebody that taught him to drive made more breakthroughs than he did in fifteen years. <laughs>
4: You're right. Not only. Oh, my God, you're right. It's like, maybe that's how suddenly Michael, and that idiot is the one who set him off. Like, Michael was ready to, like, sit there forever, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Michael, I could teach you to drive, but you got to talk to me a bit. No, you don't want to at least react. Here, here's some keys. I'll teach you
1: how to drive. What? You mean I could go places? All right. (laughs) woo Murder spree. All right. But also, though, not only did they teach him how to drive, they apparently taught him how to use a Thomas guide to find his home because he uh, they didn't have GPS back then. So how the hell did he find like how to get back home? I think it was just a
4: straight road from the insane asylum to Haddon (laughs) Right, it's
1: just follow the- the, the I mean, it it
4: has stop-offs that everybody goes to, such as Dr. Loomis finding the one spot (laughs) where the truck was pulled over, where the guy was killed,
1: where the- (laughs)
4: Right. But it had a phone booth, so that explains it
1: all. Right. And then also- and then also, like, he was a busy beaver when he went back to had- Haddonfield. He oh, yeah. he. not only did he find his old home, which I don't mm-hmm. even know how he would have found that. He also had time to go and steal the, which never made sense to me. He stole the tombstone of his sister that he killed. For what reason, yep. by the way? And he kept it in the car, apparently. Yes. You know, <laughs> and then and then he had a time to eat a dog. Yeah, uh, which is gross, uh, and then. Well, uh, uh, now hold on, you know,
4: with the right spices, <laughs> herbs and spices, exactly.
1: You know, I mean, and then and then he had enough time to go from back from the, you know, he went to one minute he's at the school where Jamie Lee Curtis is, and I'm gonna assume she's not the same age as Tommy. I mean, she's not in the same school as Tommy, so then he, no. so one minute he's in well, the elementary I mean, school. One school for the whole. You know, oh, is that period. what it is? One One minute he's at can, the elementary can I school. ask
2: you guys a question sure <clears throat>
5: yeah.
2: I, as I'm listening to you talk right I, mm-hmm. I mean <clears throat> this is great and I'm I'm actually I feel like I'm actually learning uh-huh. a whole lot because I didn't see the movie this way at all mm-hmm. but I, I I'm 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 actually really curious about whether or not you thought when you saw this movie for the first time that 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 it was effective did, did you actually oh, no, feel anything by it
5: oh, no, oh definitely oh, no, or,
4: hold on. I have seen this movie hold on I,
2: hold on sorry go ahead Hold on. What I was going to say is, <clears throat> excuse me. In in subsequent viewings, because it, it's interesting the way that the evolution of how we think about things sort of comes to us all, right? And this is one of those movies that, to me, as time goes by, it it actually gets better for me rather than worse. Oh, definitely. But I, but I hear but I hear something different from you guys, which I am really curious about, which is. <laughs> is it actually funny or, no, or are no. you just making fun of it because it because there are like pieces that just don't make sense i i'm i'm actually curious about that it is okay, it's awesome.
1: funny when you think about it because it doesn't yes. make any sense but when you like the movies, it, it's a different experience like right. i i watched it last night and i
4: enjoyed it and i i, I watch it once uh, once a year every year mm-hmm. and i do enjoy it and i but when you you know if you see it enough times like anything you know, sometimes the little threadbare spots start to show a little bit more because you've seen it a hundred times. So you start looking at different things that you didn't look at before. And all of a sudden you notice things and go, well, that doesn't make sense. If you think about it, but I mean, what Halloween is, I mean, look, let's get to the, the core of it. What Halloween is, is it's a fable story. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, it's little red riding hood told for adults where you have the, the moral of the story is, you know, that you got to watch out. And not be and always be aware of what's around you, or else you know the big bad wolf is going to come and get you. I mean, it, that that's the crux of it. That's why you have Michael Myers as this invincible boogeyman, and he's not really. I mean, let's face it; they call him Michael Myers, but let's face it, what is he called in the credits? He's the, the shape. shape, and that's all he is. He's the shape. Yeah. He is the manifestation of, and as Linguists would say, evil and everything else. Um, it is a low budget film that did really well because it was shot well, it was edited well, it had great music, it, you know, it had some good tension. So, I mean, it's a superior film for a low budget film, but, you know, once in a while, if you don't have fun with the flaws of it, you know, if you take it like too, too seriously, then you, you, you know, it's like all projects. Sometimes you're going to have little flaws, and sometimes they become bigger flaws when you think about it. And so you can have fun, some fun with it. But I'll say when I watch it, no, I enjoy it when I'm watching it. I don't sit there and go, "Oh, this is terrible. Or this is a dumb film, or this is goofy." But after I finish watching it, I'll once in a while, go, "Yeah, that still doesn't make sense," or you know, that that's kind of uh, they're playing this, uh, you know, the time just doesn't make any sense. For example, Loomis suddenly spotting after being all night sitting there at the house at the end of the movie, looks over and sees the car that looks like it's only like a block or so away, and he notices it after an entire night of being out. And how did he get uh, there, you know, too? Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, that's, right. you know, that's cheap. you know Those are cheap little plot devices to keep the movie going. Oh, he notices, now he can get over there and, and help these people. And it's like, okay, that's, you know, you can see that being a little bit of artifice. But it's okay. It's, it's a fairy tale, basically. Oh, scary... Fable, uh, and so yeah, it's going to have some stuff that's a little magical and a little
2: bit odd, but that's okay. It 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 reminds me of like <clears throat> the first time that um just, I mean not to compare the two because I don't think that there is a direct you know it's, it's not like you can compare them, but I'm just going to compare the feeling that I had. Right, I was obviously much older when I saw the Psycho as a mm-hmm. uh, as a as a film, and I had not understood. Hitchcock before I had seen Psycho. I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't even understand what people were excited about with it. And after I saw it, I got it. And that's how I feel about Halloween. But but what is interesting to me about this is that there are so, there are as many different ideas about how to enjoy this film as there are Audience participants, and and maybe that's the same with a lot of movies, but this one in particular feels a little bit different. I think because it's sort of like in our uh, social blueprint, <clears throat> because we, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> because we think about it so often, especially at this time of year, um, and it, it has become so iconic that like everybody kind of has a slightly different take on it. And until I heard you guys. talk just now I hadn't really thought about this as as like one of our cinema du fromage movies where there were like all of these pieces to kind of pick apart I honestly hadn't thought about it that way and so that that was the the, the reason any, behind the question any movie yeah, I, I, do. I don't
4: think any film is is uh, yes. immune from that kind of criticism there's very few films out there that are like oh this is ultimate perfection and cannot be touched with criticism but i mean every film no
2: has. but you will admit that there are some movies that are more cheesy than others
4: oh yeah now overall i'd say halloween is still a great film and a great horror it's not sorry a great suspense film uh because i want to look i was going to say if you look at horror films of the 70s right and there was quite a, a lot of good ones um exorcist is one i never found that scary or anything but the one that always disturbed me and i watched that as well uh this week just sort of getting a thing was texas chainsaw mask or the original one which is just a hell of a disturbing, weird film. It's another case of a independent film being thrown together and almost, you could say, well, why didn't this start off the slasher craze as opposed to Halloween? Aside from the fact that Halloween made a lot of money, which was the, that was the key thing. I mean, Halloween was until Blair Witch was the highest grossing film as far as to budget of any film of its time. Right,
1: independent, yeah. Um, okay, so let's let's get back into the uh reviewing of the of the movie. Um the, all right, so we talked about Dr. Loomis and his uh um his uh psychiatry um or lack there of uh, let's talk about Lori Strode, the uh the main character, uh Jamie Lee Curtis. Which I believe this was her first uh theatrical yeah, film. That was her first film. Yes. And um so Lori Strode, uh, the character who uh, you know, um, is the, the, the the classic, she's a virginal character. Uh, she has the, she, um, she has a little secret crush on Ben Tramer. She's trying to, you know, uh, and, um, You know, her friends are having sex and doing all these things, which ultimately ends up in their demise. And she's the one that uh, in the end is the strong one that that holds through. And uh, Jamie Lee Curtis became the scream queen after this film uh, or known as that. Uh, And uh, so let's start off. You know what? Since you are a lady, uh, Jen, um, let's start off with you. Uh, What do you think about the Laurie Strode character in this film?
2: <clears throat> well, in, you know, going going back again to the the idea of this was the grown-up idea, this is the first time that I had ever seen a movie where I understood what you just talked about, what that really kind of was, that, that she was not as much in peril, hunted, but not as much in peril as all the other characters because they were uh, hmm, not off-color, but clearly they were doing things that were too quote-unquote distracting they they were participating in things that you shouldn't they weren't that she was the nice girl and I had honestly I'd never even thought about that before I I liked Jamie Lee Curtis in this but for reasons that were not I don't think the normal reasons I liked her because I feel like she was so like this wasn't this probably wasn't the right role for her to be in and somehow she made it work like it There's something just sort of just off about the way that she's portraying things that ultimately works in the movie, but it feels like if you look at this from outside, maybe this wasn't the part that she necessarily was thinking that she could get. Do you know what I mean when I say that?
1: Oh, no, it definitely is. Yeah.
2: It it just definitely felt like she was like, oh, yeah, no, see, I should play this role. I should be I should be a different role. And instead, she got this role. And it, the way that it gets portrayed is like so perfect because it almost feels awkward.
1: Yeah, she said at the time. So in that, that
2: sense, I, I really liked it.
1: She said at the time she was more like uh, the other two ladies, uh, <laughs> you know, personality oh, wise. And, then, and you know, she actually was a little jealous of them because she actually liked their parts. And they were like, they were like, "You're the lead." <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, you know, we're jealous of you, right? So, but which is kind of funny. And she wasn't
4: very happy with her performance near the end of the film. Like, oh, she yeah. she did not like the way she was whimpering and you know, right. whining and crying. She said she did not like that. Uh,
1: far oh wow. Opinion. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I I liked I liked it. Um, so we're going to go back to Laurie Strode, but I want to go to Josh. Uh, let's talk about um, the uh, the other two ladies who uh, um, were uh, friends of um, Laurie Strode. I mean, what's there to
3: talk about? They had uh, as much depth as a kiddie pool, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they were there to uh, strip down and get killed. Yes. So, so I guess Jenny you could say they, <laughs> Totally. They were good at their jobs, I guess? They, they certainly did those two things. Um, and as far as the character goes, maybe... Yeah, they were horny teenagers. So they had that going for them, I guess? Before their untimely I, demise.
2: I, I feel like those two characters were actually there to basically make Jamie Lee Curtis's character be what she was. In other words, like we couldn't have seen... How much uh, of of the of the virginal kind of aspect that she was supposed to embody, the innocent of the aspect, I guess, uh, without them, it, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been the same because there wouldn't be the same kind of contrast.
1: She's basically saying you needed two hoes to make uh, to make Lori look uh, virginal. Is that what she's saying?
2: It, yeah, right. kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Lori. Yeah, Lori
1: was the um,
3: the picture of virtue in this and in fact i uh, confession i've only seen two halloween movies okay this one and halloween h2o all right so i don't know if this was actually a thing that was explained but if i had to throw in something to the lore it would be that somewhere along the line since michael is the you know the evil uh person I, I would have it somewhere that she was uh, imbued with some sort of virtue protection because like you said she was hunted but never really in peril in fact uh at the most dangerous of times uh she is so freaking virtuous that she's telling the kids to to run and hide and lock yourselves away. It's like, uh, she, she probably would have been willing to sacrifice herself to save those kids.
1: Which, honestly, if you think about it, he's right around the corner. You're literally telling him where they're hiding it. <laughs> like, she says it all out, like, you know. So I don't yeah, know. That's if- some-
3: some third viewing stuff right there. Uh, <laughs>
1: That's what I thought when I saw it. She's all like, "Hide in this room right here. I'm gonna lock the door." Like almost like she's guiding him. Maybe she was guiding them to them so she could.
3: <laughs> she's like, "If he gets them,
4: he won't mess with me." <laughs> right. Well, she He's was like... dumb enough to leave the knife downstairs the first time. Did she really think the knitting needle was gonna do him in? Really? No, yes.
1: All right. So all right. So let's let's talk about. Uh, Hold on, I have my two cents to put into
4: this. Oh, go ahead. The whole thing with Lori is everyone says, oh, yeah, she's virtuous. She says, I said, the only thing she had above the other two characters, and I have to say, being a child of the 70s, the one thing I have to say, what sounds like odd speech, was pretty realistic for the time. Totally. I hung around teenagers at that time. That's how they talked. So I would say that those two girls were pretty much bang on, and they actually sounded like real people. The time, and that's what made them sort of likable. Um, I think the difference between Laurie and the two girls was it was the idea of her having responsibility. It's not about her being a virgin. So everyone's like latched onto that one thing. Oh, oh. she's a virgin! They're sure No, she was responsible. If you, you look at it, what happened? Uh, her her friend. That's such a good point her friend was basically saying I want my boyfriend to come over here you look after this girl I'm supposed to be responsible for so I can go off and do whatever I'm doing she's the one who's irresponsible she invites her friends over they come in and they use a parent's bedroom the whole time uh lori is being responsible she's looking after the kids she's doing what she's supposed to do what they always mock her for being you know so responsible and everything but she's not perfect because When they're driving to go to the job, what do they do? They're smoking a joint in that car. That's not a cigarette. They're smoking a joint in the car. She's smoking a joint as well. So she's not pure and innocent. However, (laughs) she does play the part, like I said, it's almost like a red riding hood story. So the responsible girl kinda goes a little bit astray. They're into a a very dangerous situation, but her being responsible, her being, you know, pragmatic and doing what she's got to do, she gets through with right. the help of the woodsman who happens to be Loomis, right. comes in with the gun, you know, and saves her at the last minute. And so what's the danger? I, I don't know. The danger was in letting the doors be open, going into the, going over to the other house or allowing her friends to be, you know, maybe it's a three pig story in the other, right. <laughs> in the other way. But it's like the irresponsible teenagers who are being a little more free and open, they're the ones who die. It's not because they're having sex, but it's because they're being irresponsible. They're right. leaving doors open. They're they're using somebody else's house as their own. They're nobody knows where anyone is and so, you know, there's no one to check up on them. They take phones off the hook when the parents are calling in, or I mean that's who I'm assuming is calling all the time while the two are having sex upstairs
1: in their bed how gross that is
4: in their bed yeah right so i think it's more of a case of lori being responsible as opposed to being virginal the virginal thing i think everyone latched onto afterwards oh this is the thing and everyone did it afterwards that it had to be the pure girl so every repeat that we've seen ever since Mm -hmm. the you know the the faded carbon copy of the original has been turned it into oh being virginal is this key to surviving where it wasn't lori being virginal she was responsible right she, she was very she, she and that's the way her character was she she balanced she wanted to be more like her friends and have fun and do kind of thing but at the same time she had this little streak of you no know, I've got to do what's right what's responsible right okay. Anyways, sorry that's that's yeah my
1: and who who keeps a lit uh jack-o-lantern next to their bed probably Jen <laughs> probably does that <laughs> Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I, I definitely do. That, that, I that's, smell yeah, that, that's my big thing, actually.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about Michael. Um, Michael pre-murder spree. Uh, Michael. Pre-murder spree. Right. Um, Michael is, you know, as I, I mentioned earlier, he's doing a lot of stuff. He's, I mean, it's not, I mean, I guess he had 15 years to think about this. So he's like. I guess he probably had an itemized list. Like, I'm gonna go get me a. Uh, I'm gonna get <laughs> me a, list. Uh, uh, break out uh,
4: inmates, steal <laughs> car, grab overalls, get mask, get knife, get, get uh, kill everyone.
1: <laughs> like, he, okay. he, you know, like he really had time to think about. Eat uh, dog. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right, He'd get some dog. Uh, he doesn't like dogs either, unless oh, he's, he's eating it. two of them. Yeah, but uh, so. Uh, uh, you know so michael you know he's very sinister and it's you know the imagery is so you know the, the him behind the hedge is great him at the oh, yeah. uh the the clothing line uh, i mean it just you know it, those shots are wonderful they look great that's the smokiest part of the
4: movie and i think in, in the most part is that where he's stalking her yeah. in, the, in the broad daylight and stalking everyone yeah in
2: broad daylight and that's
4: it's that, like him that, just standing that, that there and then disappearing. That was a yeah. great shot. Those are the parts uh, of the it, movie that I loved. I thought, okay, that's creeping me
1: out, you know. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm going to have to point something else out that uh, Jen ain't going to like, but um, the person that taught him how to drive and how to read a Thomas, Jack, uh, Thomas uh, guide should have taught him how to tell a car. I mean, he was like right up on their bumper <laughs> like following them. They did, I guess that joint was good because they did not notice he followed <laughs> No, you know, look, for just Lucas a brief like, moment, we've got to find him.
4: we got to find him. He drives right behind him. It's like, oh, which
1: way am I looking now? Look left, look
5: right. Oh, Mister Cop! I oh, swear, can
2: yeah. for just a brief moment, I thought for sure that you were going to say that, that some actor that I like taught him how to drive. Oh, I absolutely believed that you were going to say it was probably Zach McGowan that taught him
5: how to drive.
1: Probably, probably. So but, sorry. No, okay. but uh he anyway. No, I I just, I thought that it's just so funny when you see, like, he's not, he's, you know, what's the, what's the protocol for, uh, for, um, following someone, Josh is like, you're supposed to be two cars back to the left or something like that. I saw it in some movie, uh, something like that. He's definitely not following that protocol. He's, he's like, all right, up on the bumper. Like, he is crazy. Remember (laughs) that is true. He's crazy as hell. And
3: he did, uh, have a lack of spy movies to watch while he was, (laughs)
1: Oh that's
3: a that's a great point.
4: Yeah, he was only looking through a wall that entire fifteen <laughs> years, remember.
1: Well, what about when he was doing his driving lessons? You know He like... was
4: still looking through that wall <laughs> fifteen years from now. I remember, Fourteen years. I know where I'm gonna be. Thirteen I got a plan. I've got my, my plans I've got it all written down. What
2: You know, do do you guys think that at this point in the Halloween, I mean, in the very beginning, do you guys think at all, I I haven't heard the commentary, I wish that I had, because I feel like it would have been great to walk into this podcast for, but do you think that there was any idea at all uh, of sort of like a a Michael Myers mythology behind this? Or do you think it was just sort of a a a one trick idea? uh,
4: No, It it was a cheap film they were making that Had you know the blessings of the fact that there was a good director, an excellent cinematographer.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and that's the one right. thing that's not talked about enough is the cinematography, cinematography of this film is, oh, okay. is amazing. Um, the shots, if you think and the of, music, yeah, and the music. But I mean, you think of the shot of him coming down the stairwell and the way the shadows are all cast mm-hmm. with him standing down and coming down that stairwell, or when he appears out of the darkness, the mask comes out through the darkness when Laurie's standing no, that's there, brilliant, and it's like, just brilliant like this film is 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 a beautiful thing the only thing that bugs me about this film is Mm -hmm. it's october 31st and it's green it is so green it is it is summer green it's california green which is odd for chicago but or uh, the illinois area but it was filmed in california
1: Yeah, it it, Uh, it actually was uh filmed in pasadena and then about 10 minutes from me is uh yeah. yeah so uh but
4: that's the thing so i mean that's the only thing you see the brown leaves everywhere and then the fully foliage trees and the very green grass and going, i have to always try to ignore that when i'm watching the film because that's not what halloween looks like now apparently though um the original film was color corrected in such a way that the leaves did look a little browner and everything so it's the recent dvds and uh, the high definition stuff they're not the color timings off so you're not getting that look that it should have
1: Now, now let's talk about the kills too. Uh, Mm. The kills in the movie, Uh, the kills were were uh, pretty good for, especially for that time. Uh, One thing is Michael loves to tease because remember he was six years old when he went in, so it's like he's like kind of teasing, taunting before he kills him first. You know? Yeah, and
4: that's the thing. I think that's where the gravestone comes in. I think Mm -hmm. it's if you look at it, it's a kid playing Halloween tricks Mm -hmm. that happen to be deadly, but it's all about He's wearing the ghost costume. He's popping up out of the doorway. He's always coming in and looking in a certain place and disappearing at the last minute when you look around. He's trying to play Halloween tricks on them.
1: He's a, uh, yeah, he's a ninja. The eventual
3: treat of killing them. But.
1: Right. He's a ninja. I love though when he the first girl he kills in the car and uh how her eyes go cross-eyed when
4: he <laughs> kills her uh, i love he that her, it's the thing you can't tell because he's so and that's the thing what do you do he soaked the windows right a halloween prank right he, he actually slashes her throat right. you only see it later when you see her lying there, that her throat's been slashed and that it's hard to tell except for there's that sudden sting they put in you know why'd they do that mm-hmm. but you know people who die don't have the most uh you know um, refined expressions on their faces. Oh, their no, life,
1: definitely so. not. That and and using the toilet. <laughs> so, like Elvis. Right.
4: We did both, use the toilet and died. died,
1: right. Eating a, what was it, a, a peanut butter? And no, and, he was trying
4: to get rid of the peanut butter. And oh, sandwich. that's
1: what it was. Okay. So, and then, you know, everybody's, fit. one of the, the the best scenes is when he kills the guy with the uh, butcher knife. Yes. And uh, just, and then you know and he admires his work i love that that was like such a brilliant touch to it and yeah i like that,
4: too. that scene too a few times i've seen uh, jason even do the same thing where he tilts his head and rocks uh, <laughs> jason lives he's like you can't
1: gets. he's like you can't tell me i ain't picasso with this knife <laughs> but there you go so here you go this i mean if you look at him in the film he's mm-hmm. not a big guy he's like, right you know five
4: foot nothing guy probably about 180 pounds yet he's able to lift this guy up <laughs> you know, off his feet, and then jab a knife into him and hold him in place, and then, you know, so he can let go and just like. So obviously, he's a supernatural force, is what he is. It's not what he, you know, it's not. It's not supposed to be realistic, and that's the thing. He does supernatural things. He can come and go at, at will. He can that, disappear.
2: That is okay. So that is exactly what I was trying to say about. Was there any kind of uh, of mythology behind this? I, I think that's what I was trying to get at. was trying to get at was was this just the story of just sort of a a guy who breaks out of the penitentiary i I think
4: it's a fair i think it's a like a fable a fairy tale and he's a like i said they call him the shape right in the credits and there's a reason they call him the shape they don't say it's michael myers the killer because he is in many ways a supernatural being in some ways i mean let's face it they kill him over and over again he keeps getting back up again so it's not like he's uh you know, a realistic portrayal of a serial killer. He's a force of nature, you know, in a way, he's come right. to the town, you know, everyone's lined up, as, as the sheriff says, you're saying, we're all lined up for a slaughter, you know, and that's the kind of idea that he's some sort of force of nature that comes into the town creates mayhem and then disappears with the season. Right. Like a like a
1: hurricane. Yeah. Josh is like, don't, 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 don't mention a hurricane. Too
2: Too soon. There's something. There's something so interesting about uh, about the the just the actual timing in this movie too. Because just as for as long as we've been talking about each of these individual scenes and all of the individual pieces that have gone through in my head, I'm still remembering how um, sort of unpredictable the actual timing is in Halloween. In that it there isn't kind of a there isn't even a set feeling of where I would anticipate like a jump scare or something. It just, it always feels, I see why he was saying that the that the robot from Westworld was kind of like, you know, a, an odd inspiration for Michael Myers in the sense that, you know, just keep going, keep going, keep going. Because the pacing in this movie feels like that's, what, that's what's happening. It's just a keep going, keep going, keep going. And along the timeline, people die. But it, there's no sense of kind of, well, now we know that this person's gonna die because here this happened next, or this happened before, whatever. And that's, to me, that's really different.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, it's And where- I think this is where the sequels kind of ruin everything a little bit by creating the whole legend that uh, Laurie is Michael's lost sister. Um, because if you look at the original film as it is, there's no hint of that whatsoever. That's like stuff that was dumped in later. It, then it becomes sort of this, you know, these people just happened to be in the way of this person and happened to catch his eye and it was nothing that they did. It was just happened to be that they were there when he spotted them and it caught his eye and he decided to follow them and and latch onto that group of people. And it's only because Lori walked up to the Myers house to drop off the key. And the, what was the kid's name again? Oh, I can't remember. Billy, Jason, whatever his name is. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy was with her. So who are the two people that he goes and stalks? Tommy and her. Right? Right. And when her friends, you know, taunt him when he's driving by, then suddenly they're on his radar. And it, it's sort of like just a happenstance. It's like, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not like, oh, I'm trying to get my sister and kill her. And that's why I've got to do this. Because that. That in itself is, is kind of a silly kind of add on they put into it. I think with her being just a babysitter that happened to drop the keys off in the house that he was in at the time and then everything kind of call, falls after that, it, it's a more effective kind of
1: story.
2: Because it's, it's odd because, you know, when I ask about mythology, it's it actually works when it's so much more nebulous and, and I feel like right. that's really It feels strange to say that, but the more nebulous the story is, the better it works.
4: Well, yeah, absolutely. It's like the more they try to explain Michael Myers and who he is and what he's about and everything, the worse the films get. I mean, let's face it, the last two of the original uh, run were terrible because they were trying to explain Michael Myers and who he is and, oh, this group that he's with and this is why he's this way. And it's like... Don't explain it. But he's like I said, he's a force of nature and that's it. You leave it at that. The second you try to explain him, like Rob Zombie tried to do by saying he was part of this white trash family that became a psychopath because of <laughs> you, you don't need that. And that that actually takes away the power of 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 what he is. He's supposed to be just some supernatural force that you cannot you know, you cannot compromise with, you can deal with, you can't understand, it just happens.
2: Yeah, it just and is. That's what it's, makes it, it is that's just, what it's like it a effective. force of nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
4: Mm-hmm. And, it's, and that's what makes it effective in this film, because there is no reasoning, there is no anything you can't communicate with them, as the doctor puts points out right away. It's like He tried to reach him for six years and everything, we were mocking that before, but the fact is you can't reach this person. He doesn't exist as a person. He is just A personification of evil that
1: is going to strike at any time and does. We were talking about we were talking about how great the cinematography is in the film. And I didn't realize this. This same cinematographer um, worked on The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween Two, The Thing, Halloween Three, Season of the Witches. He was the cinematographer for Romance in the Stone. The Back to the Future trilogy, he did all of those. Roger Rabbit. Big Trouble in Little China and Big and Jurassic Park, yep. but and Apollo 13. But um, unfortunately, he also was the cinematographer DC Cab. so you can't win them all. Right? Yeah,
4: well, you know, you can't win. A, you, you can't pick every
1: winner. You know, <laughs> right? hey, we got hey, he to. Mr. T's in it. Mr. T. Oh, I'm in. He, 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 yeah he's like I got paid right yeah, I got paid so let's uh you know um let's get to the to the uh, conclusion of the film uh you know everybody's all her friends have been killed she has the weird phone call where Michael's listening which is hilarious where he's like you know on the phone and uh so she decides to you know because the kids are asleep now to walk on over to the house and he I'm not thinking
4: on
1: any lights. Yeah, like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, man, I'd have been turning on because she's at like, least have her like
4: flip the switch and say, oh, it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, okay. she she's obviously nervous. Right. You could tell yeah. by her. So she doesn't turn on the lights. OK. And then she walks in and then she discovers, you know, the scene. And then Michael, uh, Michael, who was really good with his knife, gets really silly with his knife, and, you know, and uh, misses her. And she, you know, does her tumble. And, um, so that's when we start with the end. And, uh, so I love, you know, I love the final sequence, right? It's Mm -hmm. very well done. It's excellent. excellent. Uh, I love the, the knitting needle to the neck and I love how when he pulls it out, he just (laughs) drops. I love that. I love it. It, It's a it's a great scene. How he just, the minute he pulls it out, he just, you know, like he deflated
4: or something. Right.
1: (laughs) And then it's just a balloon
4: you
5: kids my
1: my favorite scene though in halloween is when she's hiding in the closet and i use Mm -hmm. that as the picture for the promotion and i had the little video clip is he's breaking through the thing right and then the light is out right he takes the time to turn on the light sees that she's there (laughs) and then he turns it back off (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just think oh, that's it's the great, funniest. It's a,
4: it looks amazing. <laughs> it is great. I love you it. get a it's good funny. view of him for a few seconds there, and then it's like, oh,
1: yeah. And he's like, like, <laughs> and then he then he's stabbed in the eye, and then you know, you know, stabbed in his gut or whatever. So um, okay, so you know, the good doctor finally is able to put. What did he put? What? Say I put sex shots in him. Right, uh, yeah, right. Must have been. Yeah, he puts six shots. But well, that's
4: that. that's Halloween too, where he says that. So, oh yeah, that's right. About that film, that's right. Film, he but, just shoots, and then she says, but, uh, now, "What is her line exactly?" She is say, he, it was, was the that movie the
1: movie? was that the boogeyman? And he's,
4: I, I, you know, I don't think that's the exact line. I always thought it was was that the boogeyman, I, I, but I don't think it, something boogeyman. And then it's he like says, "It yes. was the boogeyman." As a matter of fact, it was, or something like that. I yeah,
1: something know. like that. That ending is so perfect. Wait, like,
4: well, where you hear where you see all the places that he'd been
1: right
5: through the
4: movie, and you're hearing him breathing through the whole thing. So it's like, yeah, and like I said, once again, he's a supernatural force. He's everywhere. Now he's in all these places. He's not an actual corporeal thing. He's just
1: the evil that's in that town. Now, here's my thing, right? About that ending, That ending is absolutely perfect. If there was mm-hmm. never a sequel to that right. film, and that was the, the final thing we ever had with Halloween, I think th- the movie would even be more exalted because I think yeah. that's unfortunately, and I, I've talked about this with Jen, when there's a bunch of bad sequels to a good movie, people forget sometimes how great the first one is. I think yeah. I think yeah. for a minute,
4: people kind of... They keep adding more and more detail. It's not necessary. Right. But, like, I'll put the idea of aliens to aliens. Right. A lot of people love aliens.
1: Yeah, I like the movie. I, I'm not
4: saying it's not, but it kind of makes alien lesser because all of a sudden you're not killing just one, you're killing a hundred and everything. All of a sudden that threat of the one alien and the, the crew suddenly seems lesser for some reason. And it it's like once you heap more and more things onto it, it suddenly takes away from the
2: original. <clears throat> You know, th- that's, not always the, that's not always the case, though. <clears throat> there are some stories that work better when, they, when the, um, <clears throat> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, when, when the unfolding mythology of the, of the world continues, it can get better. There like, are some are instances where it works, but, but in this particular instance, but, and I think that this is maybe one of the weirdest issues that I have with the horror genre in general, It's not always that telling more of the story is better. Sometimes, in horror, the things that we should be afraid of are just nebulous things that exist. And part of the reason that we can be so afraid of them is because we have no explanation for them. So the more that you can see on film that there is no good explanation for why these things happen—they just happen—the scarier it is. The more you try to drill down into the detail, it's sort of like it takes, like you said, you know. Although you can fight me about aliens, um, but the but there is this sense of the things that make us afraid are supposed to be scary because we don't understand them, not right. because we do understand them. Right. If we understood them, then they'd be science. They'd stop being the superstitious, scary stuff mm-hmm. that's all around us.
4: Yeah, that's a thing. I well, mean, also, I'd say, though, the, like, if you want to talk about how how good this film was compared to the its sequels, this film was very bloodless. Um, mm mm-hmm you know, in many ways, there's a couple of scenes where you see a little bit of blood, but on the whole, there's not much. It's all left to the imagination and that's what makes it better. Um, It's like, if I wanna go back to where I was talking about Texas Chainsaw, that was another film where it wasn't a gory film. Everyone thought it was gory. I mean, A, it had this title that immediately, you know, set alarm bells in your head, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, oh my God, what the hell are we watching? There's a couple of scenes that are suggestive, but you never see anything. You really, aside from one little bit, you never really see anything, and it allowed your brain to fill in all the gaps that made everything worse. Yeah, um, the second you start, like Halloween Two was originally supposed to be more similar to Halloween, but Friday Thirteenth came out and all the other stuff, and everyone went to to uh, Carpenter and said, "Yeah, we need you to reshoot some scenes because we need more blood and we need more, you know." Uh, this and this and this. you know, We need more TNA, we need more blood and everything. Uh, gore. So he had to reshoot a bunch of scenes in the hospital, which just made it a, a worse film. Like, you look at the two and it's like you can see, here's Halloween and here's the movie that's post-Halloween, that's its actual sequel, and has been affected by the, the power of the original. And right. it became a, a crappy carbon copy. And each film thereafter got worse and worse. I mean, I'm sorry, I really, I mean, I, in a way, Halloween 3 was sort of a good idea. It's like, let's just walk away from the Michael Myers thing. Let's try to do different horror stories in the Halloween theme. But everyone said, no, we want to see the same stuff over and over again, but add a little bit more whatever to it. And each film was a lesser lesser version. And like, I love the original. It doesn't have a high body count. It doesn't have gore, but it's got suspense. It's got a good story. It's got... You know, the acting's not 100%, but I'll tell you, all the characters are likable to a degree. Um, So that, you know, you're not sitting there waiting for each to die and going, I can't wait till this one dies. Uh, Which one one of these horrible people is going to go? Which nowadays, every horror film is just a bunch of horrible people that you don't care about and you can't wait to see get snuffed.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
4: And when you're sort of like rooting for the, vill- uh, the killer, you're kind of going, okay, you're in a bad spot. And that also happened with the Halloween franchise. Suddenly Michael Myers stops being this scary boogeyman and is the guy you're waiting. Oh, who's he going to kill next? And what's how is he going to kill him? And it's like, really, that wasn't the point in the original.
1: Well, let me ask a weird question. I'm going to start off with Josh and then I'm going to end it with with King. This is going to be a kind of a strange question. Are you ready for it? Yeah. After seeing Halloween nineteen seventy eight, mm-hmm. is there a part of you that is the slight bit sad for Michael, being that he you know he was a kid that went through some tough times, and then he had this terrible you know affliction that led him to kill? Him. Is there a little bit where you're actually sympathetic towards Michael?
3: Hey, am I sympathetic towards Michael Myers? Mm-hmm. No, not even a little bit because. As the good doctor mentioned, he ha- has a full case of terminal evil <laughs> and uh, that garners no sympathy,
1: but he was, but it wasn't like he asked for it. He wasn't, we don't he, know that when, when he, before he came down to from heaven, he wasn't in the evil line. Like, let me get a little extra evil as I come to earth. Right. It they didn't, he was not show
3: that we don't know if that's the case.
1: <laughs> he was afflicted by evil. Maybe he needed a priest. Instead of a psychiatrist,
3: so you're saying what we should have had was a Halloween Exorcist crossover movie. <laughs> right.
1: I was just going to say that. We would
4: <laughs> like, have had the
3: Halloween movie if the Exorcist part happened. Though.
1: Like, like think about it. He killed his sister, right? That's terrible, right? Yeah. But the system yeah. failed him. Think about it. The system kind of failed him. Because <laughs> <laughs> them fifteen years, liberals all alike.
4: The system <laughs> failed him.
1: He's evil. <laughs> The system failed him. They had fifteen years to help a six-year-old, aren't and you? And they gave he... him the
3: proper diagnosis.
1: <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Hey, he had to want to be
4: recovered from that evil, and he didn't.
1: He was six. He what didn't did he work know? on his own. Yeah, but he had
4: all that time. So the, the movie
1: zero steps. Wrestling. He didn't do it. Doctor Phil could have done something with him. <laughs> <laughs> the problem with you is you're evil. You gotta take that evil, turn around. <laughs> So, I mean, Jen, is there any kind of sympathy you have for Michael when he's getting stabbed in the eye and the knitting needle and the the gut and he's shot six times and he falls off of I mean, he was a kid. He was just a little child. He was a little kid that went (laughs) into the system. The system failed him, right?
2: You, you know, I, I don't. I don't know if the system failed. Dr. Loomis certainly failed. Him. I don't know if the system failed him. but uh, it, there, there, I have two minds about Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. One is if, if toward the end, when I think about yes, who Michael Myers was as a kid, of course I feel horrible. It's that oh mm-hmm. my god, I can't even imagine, and and what happened in that sanitarium must have been just, <laughs> oh, just awful. But but. At the end of Halloween, I stop thinking about Michael Myers as, uh, as a person, and I begin to think about Michael Myers as an entity. And it is very difficult for me to have a ton of empathy for the entity of evil. Then it starts to feel like, yeah, no, in the same way that I'm probably not going to feel too empathetic for, you know, a random demon or something.
1: (laughs) That's how I feel. Okay, I'm trying to make this point, but uh, Michael Myers, mind you, Okay, if a six year old goes into the system and you have 15 solid years to work with him and all you get is a even crazier psychopath that's the system
4: that's all yeah saying. but we're not talking real life we're talking about a movie because <laughs> um, you know usually psychiatrists who who proclaim that their patients are evil are probably <laughs> not long for that career because you know other psychiatrists kind of go uh wait a minute um yeah that diagnosis of evil you gave him uh, that's not going to really hold up. So we're going to have to, we're going to get you. A, you can go over and do something a little lighter well, and we'll take over from here. Th- but as far as the movie goes, Michael, mm-hmm. there is no Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. There might have been a Michael Myers before he was six, but the night that he became the killer, that was it for him. He became possessed by whatever. It could be a possession. It could be something in his brain that shut off or, or whatever. But he ceased to be a, a person and he became this other thing. And the fact is that, you know, you couldn't kill him by knitting needle, knife, or gun. Um, basically says, it, it wasn't the system that failed.
1: <laughs> you know. It was God. Hey, I, hey, like, I tried. It was
4: some sort of supernatural being that just happened to look like a little kid at one point.
1: I would love to have seen, they they should have had like a, a, a footage of, uh, you know, I, I guess after eight years into it, you know, his I, they never say his parents died, right? They never said that. Well, um, Well, the
4: house has been sold, so they moved away and that was that. I can understand why they wouldn't (laughs) want to live there. Like they said, that house had never been bought. Now, finally, after years of being dilapidated, now this one's a real hot item. They're going to
1: sell it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, to some sick bastard. But uh, But
4: there's dead dogs in there. It's terrible.
1: (laughs) But do they like, I wonder if his parents like visited him. You know, it's still their kid, right? So, yeah, did they maybe. visit him during? The, maybe they were the ones that, or were, maybe
4: they now got never got over the fact that, or maybe they're still standing in that front yard,
1: or maybe they taught him how to in drive. That tableau, <laughs>
4: they grew they, old and died there.
1: Maybe, yeah. maybe he got weekend passes, and they. <laughs> I don't him. think so. They, taught him. The <laughs> <pass>. <laughs> they taught him. They how to drive during. It was yeah, the yeah. daddy.
4: Oh, there you go. Dad <laughs> taught him how to drive. He's like, Michael, I'm going to try to rehabilitate you. How about we work together, you and me, son? I'll teach you how to drive. Maybe that'll <laughs> either that or catch. But I think
1: driving that's that's what'll bring you out and make you <laughs> Michael. I love it. All right. So uh let's go last words. Uh we'll go to J- Josh. Uh anything last you want to say about the film? Joshua.
3: Should probably unmute the microphone yeah. to make this whole thing work. <laughs>
1: Hilarious.
3: Uh, Halloween is a movie that has a very long lasting legacy. Its uh, effects uh, have been felt through so many different genres of film uh, and different types of entertainment. Like I said earlier, seeing Michael Myers sit up, you know, mm. after. Being presumed dead, Undertaker lifted that. So that that's been one of his legacy movies moves for decades. Um, even the uh, when we were talking about uh, the Good Doctor and his warnings, that that falls right in line with every scientist and every disaster movie ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you guys, but nobody ever listens. So. This this movie not only uh, stands well on its own, and I should know because I've only seen two, uh, but I think the fact that we are about to have another one released, what, 30 years later? 40. 40? 40, 40 years later. Sorry, my math is great. 40 years later, we're getting another Halloween movie. Not only a Halloween movie, but a Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um,
1: Who died I, I in think, the last one that she was in. Uh, spoiler alert.
3: Uh, is, is a testament to I guess maybe not its quality, but certainly the loyalty of the, of the fan base and how each generation seems to find a new uh, group of Halloween fans.
1: You, you know what's so funny about that is there is a, a mock trailer called Halloween Six O, and it's supposed to be 60 years later. And it is hilarious. Cause it got my, like uh, Jamie Lee Kurt, Laurie Strode is like using the Walker. Uh, Michael is like, he like swings and he, cause he's old now, he didn't drop the knife. And that scene that you see from the new one where he's in the closet, uh like he yeah
4: spoiler I and mean, that's a terrible scene they to, to show that's like that would be a genuine shock and it's like no guess what i saw it <laughs> in this, this trailer no need to be scared now
1: but not, so the, this, that scene they have it where you know old michael's in the trip in there and when they see him he gets scared and he has like a heart attack <laughs> it's hilarious so uh it, it's uh i'm gonna put it on the uh the event page but it's funny it's uh, halloween six oh. right so jen uh, last uh jen
2: okay so so first the 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 first thing that i want to say is is that you guys have covered the narrative stuff so i'm not going to go into that i am going to crush on how much i love halloween for being a technical masterpiece Mm. well maybe the masterpiece is a little too huge but i i i feel amazing when i see how Number One, the shots are lined up. Mm-hmm. two, the editing in this film is it's you just don 't see this anymore. The transition shots are are so different from the way that we normally now use transitions in uh, in in almost any of our movies. Um, and the other thing is the film, ed- the the uh, I'm sorry, the sound editing as it relates to the film editing is just so perfect. It's so on point. The single use of uh, notes, the uh, the there's uh, there's like there's never too much in this movie. It's always just the perfect balance of sound, of light, of. Uh, composition on the screen of the correct use of uh, of angles of the of just understanding that what we're seeing on the screen has some purpose as opposed to just kind of giving us some. A little bit of information it it feels like every shot has an actual purpose so from a technical standpoint both the director and the film editor and the sound editor and everybody else who participated on this film really deserves a lot of credit because it's just it, it's masterful that I, I think is something that we sort of Overlook, although we appreciate it when we talk about how much we like the movie, we sort of underappreciate what really went into it from the back of the uh, from the back of the house, if you will.
1: Right, and remember, 15 years later, the same cinematographer did Jurassic Park. So oh, there we go. Down.
2: He also did The Thing, which yeah. wow, I also could crush on a
5: lot of
1: Carpenter films. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, King. It's almost
2: like they had a thing together. I mean,
4: sorry. Well, they did the thing
1: together. So yeah, but um, all right. So, last words for you, King. Uh, okay. you know
4: what? This is one of my favorite horror films. Uh, you know, quote unquote horror films. It, I do say it's a suspense film. It's mm-hmm. not a horror film. I say. Um, I have to say the things that have come. Like, it's weird because, like I said, the seventies had a lot of great horror films,
5: mm-hmm.
4: and a lot. Uh, you know, you had, uh, like I said, uh, you start. I think. If you want to start technically, Rosemary's Baby, I think was even though that's the sixties, late sixties, right. was the start. The Exorcist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Last House on the Left, mm-hmm. um, The Omen, uh, Burnt Offerings. Um, that is right. And, my movie. Oh, sorry, <laughs> not that one. But um, hey, that's my movie. But you had these these great uh, chilling horror films. They were nihilistic and, and everything. And this film fell along the same category, but. Touched enough uh, things, and also was financially successful, which is in Hollywood is you know that's the Holy Grail anyway. But it 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 was the one film that caused everything to try to to imitate it, and become a a version of that. I mean, it dictated what horror films were going to be in the eighties, mm-hmm. um, and yet everything's been a pale uh, a copy of it. Um, if you want to talk about jump scares, there's a couple of jump scares in this film there are definitely but they're done in a different way they don't have like a screechy sound effect and you know to make someone pop out and everything like uh for example when sam loomis is scaring the kids and the cop is right turns around and bumps into the cop i mean it's only done once with the screechy sound effects when the kid runs into michael yeah uh, this is a
1: great scene though
4: yeah yeah but it's done well enough that it's not the scare in itself because it doesn't go, okay, now we can be relieved. Oh, thank goodness, because there's no relief from it because it goes and follows Michael as he's following this kid. Right. And so it keeps the suspense going as opposed to being, okay, let's break the tension. And, and I I hate that about modern horror films where they have to have a jump scare and then suddenly everyone's laughing and everything else. And it takes you out of the whole experience because now there's no tension, there's nothing. Now you've had, you had your tension, it got broken, we can laugh about it, and then we can sit there and wait for the next you know jump scare which is you know that's all people think horror films are now and it's terrible um, this film was different this this one has a story it it's not a complicated story it's not the most you know sophisticated story but you follow it from beginning to end it all makes sense it all ties together and it it has a you know beginning middle and end and that all makes sense and work and throughout the whole thing there's this tension building you're seeing it building up to like the first half of the film is all building up to that last chase really and that's all it is just this long slow build up and the audience is watching it and they're they're feeling the tension and they know something's going to happen but when is it going to happen and by the time that you know michael is chasing chasing laurie out of the house and she's banging on somebody's you know Door, trying to get help, and they turn on the lights. and They turn it off, <laughs> right. and she's—you know—she gets this door. My and she doesn't have the keys, and she's like trying. He's just walking across the street, and she's trying to get through that door. I mean, you know, it—you it, know—you're building up to that moment. and It's great, it, it, because it's just the slow buildup, but it, it pays it, off so well.
1: That is—it's it, so,
2: relentless. That is—it's yeah. so, relentless, is what yeah. it is. That
1: is—that's yeah. Josh some woman screaming in terror on his front porch and he just turns. He looks, uh, oh, yeah, she's about to get killed and turns it right off.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my neighborhood, especially
1: <laughs> like they, they turn on the light just to go, oh, ha ha, turn it back up. They were smart, That's, though, I don't know Who those guys were it's like, she's, screaming. she's the
4: damn
5: door. Let her
1: in. But you I, know what? Though They were smart, though, because they, they would end up dead.
5: <laughs>
1: so, maybe, maybe. So, uh, but um, I, I'm gonna say this though, and and then we'll we'll say our goodbyes. Mm-hmm. I know the re, the real reason why King Penguin loves this film. Why is that? And it's a hundred percent. This is the real reason why he loves this film. I'd like to know I don't because I Because he is a Star Trek fan, <laughs> and this movie is you have basically. You have Captain Kirk is a murderer going around killing people in this movie. That's right. That's true. You're right. So I think when you see that Michael Myers mask, you see Captain Kirk.
4: I do. You know what? You're right. I think of it as the better version of Star Trek, the motion picture. <laughs> It came out the same year, huh? It it did. It came out the same year. So it's like one was slow and plotting and building up to something, and the other one was Star Trek, the motion picture, which was just slow and plotting and didn't (laughs)
1: build up to anything. That is so funny. Like, um, does William Shatner get any uh, money for? The funny thing is the mask was based off of a mold
4: of his face that was done for a horror movie called The Devil's Reign.
1: Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Which uh, was
4: also John Travolta's very first film. Right. Where he just played an extra getting right. melted by the devil's rain. Right. And so, yeah. So if you actually you go and look devil's rain, type mm-hmm. it in, Google it, you'll probably see an image of Shatner standing there with kind of black eyes, like he's got no eyes. And that was from the mask they made, which became used to make this <sighs> mass produced Captain Kirk mask that was out in the Senate.
1: Now, I've never seen him talk about it. Is he proud of the fact that Michael Myers is him?
4: I don't think he uh, look, it's Shatner. So anything that has to have the Shatner name on it, he's going to be proud of because <laughs> <it's all ego. laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, it's like, yeah, you know what? I was the inspiration for Halloween and, and the entire movie was based on me. <laughs> I, I don't feel like that's a wrong. Cent. Actually, I didn't see a cent of that money coming to me so I think I'm owed something but I'd I,
2: everybody on the film afterwards used Priceline to, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah so, so he got that
1: I said t- they, they never got the mask right
4: after that film
1: yeah that's so strange because they said that the the original mask uh somebody they let uh, I think Nick Castle take it home or something
4: well it, it wouldn't have lasted anyway right. I mean it's latex rubber it would have Dissolved within like a couple of years, as it was. I don't know if anyone's ever tried to keep a, a latex mask for any length of time. It disintegrates in terms of this kind of like nasty, sticky goo.
1: You know that the other mask that they they thought about doing was that uh, the clown the, the 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 clown hobo mask. Um, oh yeah, that one. And then the Linder Nimoy mask. They had a, mm. you know they considered Linder Nimoy, and they said, uh, "You know what? That mask really works." I mean,
4: because when they spray painted it white right mm-hmm. it had this weird kind of ghostly look to it it didn't look like i mean you know it's only po- when you point out oh that's a william shatner mask from you know whatever that's a captain kirk mask or whatever you see it then but until you are told it's it's just this blank mask that has some weird character to it and i think uh it's effective
1: yeah there it is uh devil's huh. Ring. see there it is oh
4: and so that be, that is the mold that they used for this, that became the, uh, the the Captain Kirk mask, which then they painted white to become Michael Myers mask. One of uh, uh, hey, one yeah. of
2: the people that there. I follow on Twitter had a, a picture of all of the Halloweens and what Jason looked like. All the basically all the the, the Jason masks, I'm, Jason masks, the Michael Myers masks, and I, I noted that. First, he starts out as William Shatner, but someplace around after two, he basically becomes Data. <laughs> so it, 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 it is a very odd progression. So there, there's the, and very,
4: Yeah, and if you think about it, you know, what was uh, the Curse of Michael Myers, I think, came out at the same time that Next Generation did, so... Yeah. They're tied together. Oh, they started man. with the motion picture, uh,
1: and then went on hilarious i, I want to thank you guys so much this was a lot of fun i'm going to start off with yeah. you with you josh how can people get you in social media and tell us about your podcast man
3: well first of all people can always re- reach me on twitter at semi josh that's really the only social media thingy that i do on a regular ish basis so it's at Simicore josh or you can go to uh, our wrestling Podcast, Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash BS podcast. Because, do you like wrestling, brother?
5: Oh, yeah. Because
3: every week, we're here to give you the latest and greatest on wrestling news and events. And I'm not just talking WWE, brother. I'm talking New Japan, Ring of Honor, and yeah, uh-huh. even Impact. So just join us. With lust in your eyes, and listen every
1: weekend to the backstage slam. Oh yeah, that's right. You know what? I think he was. I think he was uh, just diagnosed evil with that one. All right, <laughs> that was great, man.
4: Thank that's you. a pure sign of evil there.
1: That was- <laughs> All right, so King Pingman, um, uh, how can we get you in social media?
4: Well, you know, you can always uh, email me, at kingpenguin at com. I am also working on a project, uh, which will be coming out probably after Halloween, because it's a lot of stuff we're working on. It's uh, going to be called Professor Psycho's Movie Madhouse. Mm-hmm. It's going to be coming on YouTube. Basically, it's going to be something similar to the old-style um, horror host shows. Mm-hmm we're going to be showing uh stuff that is obviously going to be public domain and we're doing a little twists on the stuff so uh i will announce that coming out soon and there will be a uh twitter as well for that so you know stay tuned and uh we will we'll announce it and you'll find it on my channel uh b movie studios um uh, youtube
1: all right all right i love it all right, so, Jan, how can people get you in social media and tell us about your websites?
2: Uh, you can get me on social media at following bliss one uh, That's on Twitter. And just so that you know, uh, Movies Make the Meal, uh, it'll start on the, tw- on the 20th of this month. I've got 11 days of Halloween to celebrate, and each one of the 11 days highlights a different movie. I start off uh, with one of the original Frankenstein, but Halloween is in here. So there is a, a movie inspired recipe for Halloween. Uh, there's also some for some more recent franchises and some pretty old ones. So take a look, it's at moviesmakethemeal.com. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And you can also find me at my review website, critical laughs with two L's.com.
1: You know, you totally messed up with the uh, movies make the meal. I mean, you could have had a dog recipe. Mm-hmm. for tonight.
2: Ooh. I
1: decided <laughs> not to Cold go time. there. Yeah.
5: It's it's a
2: I Korean recipe. Think, you it's you delicious. Know, <laughs> I, I <laughs> Look, you know, I want viewers to come to the site. I don't want to turn people off. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> All right, you can give me a Kente F on Twitter. You can go to our website, indyradio.org. That's I N D Y org. This Sunday, we'll be reviewing uh, the newest episode of The Walking Dead. Monday, Mars Venus. And next week, uh, we will be doing talking Mayans MC as well as a new spotlight episode. We'll be uh, talking, chatting with uh, writer, director, actor. Dustin Ferguson, not related to me, uh, who's I believe his birthday was yesterday. So uh, happy birthday, Dustin, our next guest on the show. So with all that said, you guys have a great week. Uh, God bless and we'll see you next time right here on IndieRadio.org. Peace.
0: You're 3000 feet above the trees in a hot air balloon. Your significant other gets down on one knee and pulls out a box containing a ring. You realize that this is the magic moment you've been looking forward to. Because there's never been a better time to test drive the 2019 CLA Coupe at your authorized Mercedes-Benz dealer. With its sleek silhouette, unrivaled performance and technology, the CLA is your dream ride. Visit MBUSA.com
5: CLA to learn more. Mercedes-Benz. The best or nothing.